Coming up on this episode of Business Interrupted. A lot of fitness, I felt, was very bland. It was very black and white and strong people, like certain types of people. And I just didn't think there was anything there that was like fun and colorful. So I decided to make my brand stand out in that way because I was more of a casual fitness person. Yeah. And I just wanted to have fun. And if I had fun, then I exercised more, right? And I wasn't focusing on what results I got necessarily, as long as it was good for my mind and... I was having a good time. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Business. Interrupted. How are you, Trent Peak? Great, actually, yeah. Back being in the swing of it. You like being in the swing of it? Yeah. How does it feel being in the swing of it? I've had a nice holiday. Have you? How how was your holiday? The east coast of France was very lovely and better than it has been in England for quite a while. Did you miss me? Because, you know, it's... Well, we had 13 days apart, didn't we? I know. Lucky for some. 13 days apart is a lot for us. And how many days did we not text? Oh, none. Yeah, none. That's right. None. We've got a really interesting guest today who's set up a very unexpected business in the pandemic and has made a massive success out of it. And would you believe it's based on jump ropes? AKA? Skipping ropes. Yeah, so jump ropes is like the US kind of version. I like jump rope, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I like jump rope. Interesting. What, how do you feel? Garbage, trash can or bin? Bin. Oh, okay. Just seeing if you like the American terms. Yeah, it's always going to be a bin, isn't it? Bum bag, fanny pack. I love fanny pack. (laughs) You put the burden on me last uh, podcast to come up with a hook. Because apparently we're not big enough hooks. I think the idea of actually having a, a business conundrum slash piece of trivia with which we start the episode, which we then reveal the answer to at the end, is a nice way of incentivizing our brilliant listeners to stay listening to the end. Okay. And so, also, they can then go to the pub on a Friday night and they can say, let me tell you something. This is dead interesting. This is interesting. And then the other person like, my goodness me, where did you hear about that? Wow. So I read one thing this week, mm. and it might not be as good as yours from the previous podcast, but it's okay. Might be out of date. I don't know if it still happens as well. <laughs> but we'll try it, and you can tell me if it's terrible. So I was reading this week about something that Jeff Bezos used to do at mm-hmm. Amazon. Obviously, he's no longer there as of last year. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was pretty incredible. So something he did every day. Something he did every year. Every year. Yeah, at least once a year, as does everybody else within Amazon. And he insisted upon it. Ooh, so something that Bezos instigated that he did, which he insists everybody else at Amazon does. Once a year. Once a year for an entire day? For an entire day. One day per year. Okay, and this improved productivity. I don't know, but you can see why he did it, because of their catchphrase, or their obsession. Okay, I'm thinking, but I'm going to think while we're speaking to our guest today as to what that might be, and you'll tell us the answer at the end of the podcast? Yes, I will. Who's our guest, Rich? We've got Keon, and Keon has, he's a founder of a business called Dope Ropes. Mm. We've been working with them for about 12 months, and the business... Is selling skipping ropes, jump ropes, unbelievably cool ones. I mean, the stuff he can do with his skipping rope slash jump rope is unbelievable. So much so that we've posted some footage of him after he came in to see the podcast, doing some tricks and stunts outside of our office. And it's pretty special. And would you mind telling the audience why you might not have been aware of the skills that you can do with a skipping rope? What was it that when you were in Blaze, the hit training that we do... What did somebody say to you the other week? Well, I like to think I'm quite a coordinated man, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can drum, which involves using both hands and feet. Yep. 
but I can't really skip and I can't jump very well to the point whereby the instructor in the David Lloyd Blaze class tapped me in the shoulder a few weeks back and he said, you can't really jump, can you? Because I was trying to do something with the punch bag and I really wasn't getting it at all. It was like no, embarrassing. It, the way you kick, I don't know how, because you can kick high as well. Like you can get your foot high yeah, or your leg high. I'm very sorry. flexible. But it's when you make contact with the punch bag, it's like you're stroking it. <laughs> It really is. That's not jumping, though. It's like, it's a similar skill. It's like the gravity, the central gravity of your body doesn't compute to taking your feet off the ground, either one or both. Oh, okay. I'll have to... That's very scientific. I'll take that on board. But anyway, less of us. Should we have a listen to hear what Keon says? 100%. Business Interrupted. Do you want to do a quick five, ten seconds of who you are, what you do? I'm uh, Keon, the founder of Date Ropes. It's a jump rope or skipping rope brand. Jump rope is an American term and skipping rope is British. Is it really? Yeah. Did not know that. I have to use both sometimes because of the international audience. Well, yeah. I noticed on your website when I was looking at it yesterday, actually, the word skipping is conspicuous by its absence a little bit. Yeah, is that, it is. Yeah. Is that a purposeful thing then to kind of cater for the bigger market? Yeah, it kind of was. I think my brother lived in the States and he still does. And when he, he introduced me to it and he called it a jump rope and I kind of just stuck with me ever since and the interesting thing was is that in the UK the keywords of the jump rope weren't used much because skipping is used more so as a result I actually ended up getting good SEO for jump rope which has been adopted more over the last five years mm. so it's actually kind of worked out randomly quite well just by being a bit lucky luck all yeah. down to luck that's yeah. episode two it's yeah, just yeah. luck guys lesson number one from this podcast <laughs> it's all about luck one thing I wanted to speak to Keon about today, because I could be totally wrong, there is definitely a following that brought into you, the brand, the movement. I'd love to ask you about what your perception of that is. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. When I started the business, it was just an idea with my brother. There's not really a niche store for skipping rope or jump ropes in the UK. Mainly it was Amazon or the big sports brands. So there wasn't really a destination for people to find information. Mm. And a lot of fitness, I felt, was very bland. It was very black and white and strong people, like certain types of people. And I just didn't think there was anything there that was like fun and colorful. So I decided to make my brand stand out in that way because I was more of a casual fitness person. Yeah. And I just wanted to have fun. And if I had fun, then I exercised more, right? And I wasn't focusing on what results I got necessarily, as long as it was good for my mind and... I was having a good time. So yeah, I just made the brand quite playful, made it quite colorful. I made it retro because I think it is seen as a retro mm. item that you did when you were kids. Yeah. And that kind of playful attitude to exercise when you had those kids, I think has captured a lot of people's minds, especially, you know, I'm in my thirties now and that group for like a nostalgia or they've got kids themselves and they can join in together and stuff like that. I think there wasn't really a focus on that. From a lot it's of very functional. Industry. You buy a skipping rope when you need to skip, whereas kind of your your way of thinking is, well, actually skipping's a thing anyway and it's quite enjoyable and you burn loads of calories. So yeah, there's a whole kind of piece in the middle here that's missing that's just enjoyable rather yeah. than I now need to skip because I'm starting boxing or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want it to be like focused on like weight loss or like body image. It was more focused on okay, this is a good good fun. 
it's good for your mind it's good for your you know general over, yeah. overall health and well-being rather than it being like you can lose a lot of weight and change how you look like kind of thing it's almost like five aside isn't it i don't think anybody plays five aside to lose weight yeah but it's just like a side effect of I play five aside because it's enjoyable. Yeah, that's how you stay consistent. I think fitness is about consistency. So, and for a lot of people, they get bored with certain activities. Some people can get bored of running. I mean, people can probably get bored of skipping as well. But I think if you open it up to being more than a playground tool that you can use as an adult and have fun still, like you used to have, I think that has really helped. Mm. It's amazing you can unpack so much yeah. from literally. Oh, just going to say whenever you look yeah. at the website the colours and the branding yeah. everything feels very much like a brilliant throwback and if you look at anything else in the sports sector what's really interesting about what you're doing is it seems to set itself apart brilliantly the sports sector takes itself very seriously yeah. Yeah. it's all greys and blacks and mono colours yeah, and all yeah. the rest of it you go on to yours I'll bet you you're the only sports brand probably out there at the minute doing a Barbie promotion because yeah, yeah, one of it, them, yeah. it looks fantastic yeah. in terms of what you're doing, but it's just yeah. really playful. Like, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a character in Stranger Things rocking a dope rope. Exactly, that's yeah. that's it. That's one of TV shows I list as an inspiration. As well. Really? Yeah, there's a few. The logo is a Street Fighter Two logo. Yeah, just gonna say that's yeah. exactly that I based what it looks on. Like, so yeah. when I was, I used to play a lot of computer games as well. In fact, another area is like I just I love gaming and like. Mm. If I could just like play computer games all day, now I still would. I just don't have the time anymore. But I wanted to bring that around that. And I think it fits quite well with computer games because with computer games, you divert, you learn how to play the game and then you level up and you get yeah. better and you learn. And as you level up, your character gets different skills. So jump rope is almost the same because there's so many different tricks. There is a lot skills. of tricks. So you kind of open up this whole kind of like grid of like, okay, I can do this skill, now I need to learn all of these moves, but then like, it keeps on expanding and yeah. it gets harder. So it has that computer game kind of yeah. element to it as well, which I thought was quite interesting. Seeing some of the videos of you and the people that tweet at you or Instagram you is crazy. What you yeah, guys yeah. can do with a rope. It's so good. It's so I'm... good. You had the idea with your brother. Yeah. And we've totally got the personality, whether it's gaming, it's old school, you like skipping any, we've totally got that. Yeah. What about business acumen to mm -hmm. get it to where it is today? I mean, we only do UK fulfillment. You're very much an international brand. We see sizable volume growing fantastically. What's your history with like business acumen and all of that to, to put you in the place you are today? Yeah, so I started after university, I started in finance, actually. I was at KPMG and did the ACA qualification. So I actually became a qualified accountant nice. doing audit. And then I, I was there for four years, but it wasn't right for me. I, I didn't feel like I was adding enough value to like mm. businesses. I didn't really feel it was right for me. Long hours as well. I was kind of getting a bit battered by it, to be honest. And it's right for some people, but I knew it wasn't really what I wanted to do long term. So I started off in finance, but I then had a lot of exposure to marketing. And that's when I got into running uh, Facebook ads. Really? Yeah. So I use my quite like, a jump, isn't it? Yeah. Data analysts is uh, analytics is really transferable to a lot of social media marketing. So around 2016, 2017, I started to get really deep into Facebook ads, Google ads, and the whole marketing department. I was then part of that. I started to learn a lot about marketing, digital marketing, as it was getting very popular, and mm. people were running Facebook ads back then very easily and selling so easily. Between 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, it was very easy to 
sell like yeah, you just throw money. anything up there and it would just you get sales it's much harder now but yeah. i was actually part of that kind of growth of facebook ads and learned a lot and then i think having the marketing and the finance allowed me to do my own accounts i don't mm. have to like find an accountant or pay an accountant because i felt like at the early stages i had enough knowledge to do it myself and did you feel the building blocks were accidentally coming together or did you have an end goal of I want to end up over there running my own business or did it all just gradually come no, together? I think, I think it's probably more accidental to be fair. Yeah. I didn't envisage I would end up in marketing. It just kind of got interested in it by working with a marketing person on with some data analysis. And then, but then I started doing that and it kind of felt like, okay, well, I can get good sales here for these brands that I'm working on. So maybe I could do it for myself one day. Like, yeah. So I just kind of happened that way i guess just being interested in different things and then just finding what you liked and then thinking that if i could do it for this brand i could run facebook as myself you know i had the confidence to do it after doing quite well at those companies so um, what was the transition like obviously you're gonna have to spend a lot of money on stock you've got your website yeah, to yeah. build you've got your branding to do etc so that's all quite daunting in itself did you leave work and go full-time? Was it a six-month transition? Or? Yeah, so I did it on the side. I had my main job still. I think the idea came around end of 2018. I started doing it full-time in May 21. So probably about a couple of years, at least, that I was doing the two side-by-side. It was like slowly set up a website. And again, that doesn't cost much. You can just get a Shopify plan or something mm, yeah. at a low amount. You can start... 29 yeah, start, quid or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I doing month. a logo with some creative people from my work. So the guy was like happy to help me out or just find a font and get a license. But I actually started off by just being a reseller of an existing brand in the US, which didn't really have a UK presence. It was a CrossFit rope basically and CrossFit was quite popular. And so I knew there was already a market for it. So if I bring it to the UK, there's going to be people looking for it and it's going to be a lot cheaper for them to get rather than importing from the US. So... I was getting a handful of sales every week and packing them at home. And obviously, as I start seeing that, okay, I'm reselling this, it's working. And was it that, very much a suck it in seed? Rather than doing any market analysis or loads of insight? And kind no, of I just kind of went... It was just yeah, instinct. Yeah, I didn't do any checking, like, what the market was. I just knew, like, my brother used it in the US. He kind of said, I don't think you can get this here. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I might as well sell it myself here then. Yeah, but I think <laughs> a lot of people say the whole proof of concept thing, just dive in. Yeah. Like you could literally do market research for three years, have everything lined up, mm -hmm. but until you actually do it, yeah. it's a waste of time. Especially and, considering I'm guessing you're going to touch on the pandemic in a minute, because if you set up in 2018, I'm sure the pandemic had an effect on yeah. your business and we'll come on to that. But yeah, what's fascinating sure. to me is that you, alongside many other people that have spoken to us and will probably be in these chairs, they all worked in Canary Wharf. In many yeah. ways, Canary Wharf might be the most creative corner of the UK, but when you go there, and I lived there for 10 years, it's just people in suits running to and from the waitrose or going yeah. into the shiny buildings and into very corporate offices. But there's so much creativity with people that get to the end of the tether and go, there's more to life than this, or yeah. I've got a brilliant idea, I need to execute it now. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of smart people. They take on in those types of big four companies and big financial companies. They take the best people from uni. I think it's useful to have that kind of background for sure. Business Interrupted. We integrate your e-commerce with our logistics. We warehouse your stock and dispatch every time you make a sale. We are fulfillment.co.uk. From your store to your customer's door, you sell it and we'll do the rest. And we pick, pack and ship 
from as little as £1.88 per order. Search wearefulfillment.co.uk, putting the logic into logistics. If you were to look back now on the five years, what are the three biggest challenges you've faced? I feel like supply is always a challenge, and I think my recommendation would be I would have kept on it in terms of making sure I've got multiple supply routes so you're not overly reliant on one source because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Several things can happen to your supply chain. So it's one thing I'm learning about still. I feel like when you've got a good relationship, you still need to have yeah. options. So yeah, supply is a headache. And to get started with it without much capital, is obviously difficult because you're going to have to buy something that's off the shelf. Yeah. So- For people that have never seen or been exposed to your product, it's probably worthwhile describing why they're distinctive and what they actually look like because it is quite an interesting looking brand. It's not yeah. what you expect, is it? I think I go for as colorful as possible. Like pink is actually my main hmm. color, like a quite bright pink is what I go for. So just to help it stand out really. When you see like a pink rope just on social media or something, it's like there are others out there, but a lot of them are probably from me because it, it was a color I started out with. Have you patented it? Got the color pink. Well, no, I have no <laughs> idea of there being a pink beaded rope. Yeah, he's, he's currently taking there. Barbie to court, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, pipe down. <laughs> so, the two main types of rope are a beaded rope, which has segmented beads on it, which can be super colorful. They have standard patterns like pink and blue, black and blue, a yellow, turquoise, and pink, for example. That's pink and purple? One. Don't have pink and purple. Yeah. I have pink, purple, and blue, I think. Pink, purple. I knew that was a purple song. There's actually it. the permutations of like what you can make are like endless. It's in MO4A, I think. Pink, purple, and blue. Should okay. we? Should we, shall we, <laughs> shall we make five limited edition business interrupted dope ropes in our colours yeah. specifically for the first five people that respond to the LinkedIn post when this podcast goes? I, I think yes, but then, then you'll see the setup like, costs for like unique ropes to just make five i reckon it's quite expensive <laughs> yeah. so okay 100 if you're for, if you're forking <laughs> out there'll be limited edition on ebay by the end of the year how do you the relationship you've got with your customer base hmm. what would you put that down to i think it goes back to the kind of like the branding like i'm really happy with in terms of how it comes across and how people think about exercise and hmm. they relate to it so i think that is a key aspects of it i think they like the bright colors like the fun side of things and i like the playfulness of it and i think that sort of helps to bring it all together mm. it's important to talk about the like the pandemic impact like you mm. said yeah i think that really boosted the home fitness market did you have a moment where you thought i'm onto something here i've kind yeah. of tapped into this and it's going to go somewhere because i'm almost fascinated by that point whereby entrepreneurs and founders think something's happening here yeah yeah for sure even just getting like a handful of sales like on my first order i even thought there was something mm. to it because you put up a website in like the millions of websites and people are finding it yeah so have you always been on shopify i was on squarespace did they have enough the ka-ching like when you get a sale maybe they did i'm not sure i never had that on we uh, used to be obsessed with the ka-ching <laughs> on shopify on the app when you go cha-ching like, i think i've always had everything on silent <sighs> if i ever like it's very addictive. I keep <laughs> when, on silent. When Trent and I had our own e- e-commerce brands and we kind of launched a website and were waiting for the traffic to come. Yeah. I then, remember, because I, uh, you've still got your Apple Watch. I ditched my Apple Watch. One of the reasons was yeah. because of that. Because you sat in meetings, you kind of want to know what's going on the, 
the website, but it, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so rude. Yes, yeah. but you know there's a feature called Do Not Disturb. Yeah, yeah. or cinema mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, that moment. Yeah, when I think, think it's just it's coming. If you're selling like even one or two orders a week, there could be something there because yeah. there's, there's a lot out there and there's a lot of distractions. Like what that. made you uh, go full time? Was it like a sales figure or you hated your job um, that much? I think it was about, yeah, 2021. I've been at my work for about seven years at that point. So I was quite a long time at the company. I actually really liked my job. It was, it was quite difficult. I think a lot of people may have left earlier. It's just I really enjoyed working there and the people. During COVID, it was fine because there was nothing much else to do. So it was actually okay working two jobs because mm. I can either do a lot of Netflix or computer games or I can work on this. So I was mm. like, okay, there's a useful amount of time to be mm. working on it. But then when obviously things started opening up and the you know, restrictions started easing, there was obviously more stuff around that I had to start doing that I wanted to do, like visit more family, go on some holidays and throwing all that stuff in together with the two jobs, it became almost impossible. So mm. it was a combination of that plus what I felt I could take out of the business was similar to what I was getting in my current job. Right. It wasn't exact, but it was close enough and it was enough that I could feel like I could live off. So COVID had a big impact on fitness and home fitness generally. What, what impact yeah. did it have on dope ropes? Yeah, so at that time, you know, I was at home shipping orders myself, just like dropping them at Royal Mail. My mum was helping. I didn't have much time to dedicate to it, but it was doable. And then COVID hit. I didn't have much on the site at that time. I had the stuff I was reselling and I had one rope of my own that was really? it. that was literally one what color was that it was like a five millimeter pvc cardio fitness rope I think I bought like a thousand of them thinking like that would take a while to get through and then the spike was massive I think that because I was one of the only companies for that search term mm. I, I think I mentioned before mm. I was getting found quite quickly by a lot of people so sales spikes and those went quickly the first two three weeks really yeah two, so three i was almost weeks. like sold out for a peer i wasn't really ready for it i was getting all the family to help pack it was haywire family that you lived with right yeah it was funny i was at my mum's house at the time and then we got st stuck in, in my mum's house during covid so it was actually useful because it was my wife and my mum basically just like chipping in together to get through it now, were you accidentally at your mum's house, or do you think, if I go there, I can strategically have a second pair of hands? Yeah, it would have been impossible about yeah. my mum. You were seeing stuff on social media that people were engaging with your yeah, brand then and you doing word yeah. of mouth. And that must have been quite exciting to see it suddenly take off. Yeah, you started seeing more people tagging me. I knew there were things going out, so I was like, okay, people are going to get me getting these and talking about them and maybe recommending them. I think the other thing was the affiliate kind of network, which I think was really important for my brand because there's a lot of people obviously interested. And then they want to represent my brand and I thought I saw a up an affiliate network and I had a lot of people interested in joining that just organically I didn't go out to anyone to say come and join and I rarely do that now I do that on the odd occasion but a lot of it I just let people come to me because I want them to like the product enough that they want yeah. to exactly it. yeah so more authentic I think that affiliate network that I started quite early has mm. been really important to have that referral type kind of model mm. as a key marketing like, yeah, yeah. area for me one yeah. thing i was going to ask then influencers on social media yeah. hypothetically let's say richard's a really good skipper <laughs> and you sent a rope to richard and say please use this i'll pay you 500 pounds and do three posts so that's out and out mm. influencer marketing and you have to put this is an ad 
That's the rules yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, How does yeah. it work with affiliate? Because it's not so out and out influence marketing. They genuinely want to use your product yeah. and they're using it off their own free will. But there is that relationship there. Do you still have to do the same thing? Yeah, I think you take a view on it like to a degree um, and be sensible with it. I think when you got a really high following and you've got a lot of people with their eyes on what you're doing and you want to run it really professionally and that's your whole kind of income stream in your business, then I think you have to be careful about that type of stuff. Mm. But a lot of the people just casually tag me in a skipping video. They'll just do a casual tag, I'm using this rope. Some of them might not even promote their code or discount or anything. And I think in those instances, it's probably let more, a bit more flexible. It's not an ad as such. They're just showing a video of them skipping. And some people tag a lot of people. So it depends what the context is of the post itself, I think. Mm. Well, it's blurry lines, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's just in your favour, yeah. I suppose. Let's say the most famous skipper in the UK just went into a shop or picked up your skipping rope by accident, loved it, posted this is a great skipping rope, nothing to do with you, how would Instagram or whoever ever know that that was yeah. completely sincere? Yeah, some people just like, just tag me in their story at Dote Ropes, just, just saying that I've, I've received it and just have a picture of them holding it. They're just showing people, this is what I've got. Something new that's happened in their, their life. You could argue if I'm in a theme park, I take a photo of a ride. Most of them are just saying, this is what I'm doing on my day to day. Mm. What's the greatest piece of content you've received back from either a customer or that you've been really impressed with? Lauren Jumps is one of my yeah. ambassadors. She was one of the ones that didn't have an account before. And like, all the stuff she does is always amazing. Uh, she got involved in a Barbie as well recently. So that was a real fun routine. So anybody that uses your rope, you respect that and appreciate that. Yeah. So anybody that posts a video of themselves using your rope, no matter if they can skip. I think the thing we're skirting around here is there's a standing joke that I'm not very good at jumping <laughs> yeah. in the office. I mean, it's not like, a joke. It's even, deadly serious, but we, we joke about it. Yes. I've got, I've got just, a beautiful two-year-old daughter. Yeah. And she's just learning how to jump. Uh, yeah. And every time I go home and, and see her do hop little bunnies, all I'm thinking about is you. <laughs> <laughs> so Keon, are you a reflector in terms of looking back at what you've actually built? Or do you tend to just always be looking forward? I would like to be, I think, mm. because I don't think I do that enough. And I feel like my wife is always telling me you should be like really proud, proud of what, of what done, you've yeah. done. I think it is important to do that, but I probably don't do it enough, to be honest. It's a recurring yeah. theme in this room, not to reflect too much, but whenever you do look back, you kind of go... Oh, that's kind of yeah. impressive. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Listening to what you're saying and what you've created and how you've done it, it's pretty inspiring. My argument is, like, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? And going back and saying, look at what a good job I've done. How's that going to change moving forward? And it's good to reflect yeah. back sometimes, yeah. but I think you're ambitious as well. Is it the entrepreneurial spirit? Is it yeah. a personality thing? I don't know. I don't think yeah. reflecting is a bad thing as much as it doesn't slow you down, but sometimes by looking back, you can get a better idea where you're going to as well because you can show what mistakes you'd actually yeah, yeah, yeah. You can figure out where you went yeah, wrong. Yeah, learn from your mistakes for go, sure. But That was something, if we had taken that path, we could have grown it even more. And you can't do anything about it, but you can certainly go, well, there was the turning point. Like when you're saying, this is not going well, in the context of me being on my own, in my bedroom doing all of this I'm still in a good place so it reminds me that I shouldn't get too down sometimes when things aren't going well you can say oh I got through that challenge at that point so I can do it again as a, as a single founder of a, the business obviously you've got a support network around you. your mum very much to help you've got a yeah. wife do you ever feel alone because again we spoke about this because yeah. we're co-founders and we rant and rave and moan to one another about anything and everything yeah. do you ever have that feeling at all yeah definitely yeah, I think I was talking to you. I just, 
it'd be great to find some people that were similar size small teams or individuals mm. that we could just meet up occasionally or just have people that we just chat mm. regularly or ask about i think mentally trying to deal with it just mm. having someone else that has gone through some of the stuff you go through if people want to find you kian how do they um, find you social media is dope underscore ropes on insta i think on most places actually tiktok insta youtube We'll post you a um, links yeah. at the bottom of the, uh, the podcast. Yeah. As well. Thank you for coming in. Nice. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you so much. Keon, what a man. Keon is a very interesting guy. He's very matter of fact. He's got his, his, he's got his, he's got it together. And boy, can he jump. So check out our socials. You will see him at the front of our business. Um, with a jump rope doing some pretty astonishing things. Yeah, I, d- I didn't even know that you could skip but not have any hand on a skipping rope where he completely lets go of the skipping rope. That's insane. Yeah, when you said I'd lied and you think, you've you got to go and look at the video because it, this is a man who can skip one-handed. Oh, essentially. I was supposed to be saying jump rope. No, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it, it, it's both. But yeah, this is somebody who can skip while letting go of a jump rope. With both hands, which is and, kind you know, of chilling. If, in if that doesn't drive you to our socials right now, check it. out that footage. But we have a hook to close. And have you thought what the answer might be? So, you said to me at the start of this podcast, Je- Jeff Bezos instigated doing something. Mm. And he did it once a year, every single year. Twice a year. Twice a year, I every think- single twice a year <laughs> every single twice a year he does it twice he did it a year. twice a year and he also asked his staff to do the same exactly thing exactly that mate so and you also said this was something that related back to the company's values yeah what's the company about? all about like their strap line and is it something to do with just ordering from Amazon because that way you would experience the customer journey yeah to inflate their numbers every member of staff has to order off Amazon <laughs> <laughs> it's a good policy in it no it's not okay is it a buy so look look kind of deeper than that because Amazon isn't about operations and fulfillment obviously it, they are but what's deeper is it is why it, do they give deliver such a good experience it's nothing to do with like having a day off or being removed from it so you get perspective uh, yeah so Amazon employees are allowed two days off per year <laughs> okay <laughs> All right, you're being a bit facetious today. Sorry, yeah. Do you mind if I point out you're being facetious? That's fine, mate. Um, is it something to do with going into the warehouse and understanding the order process of how you pick, pack? You're getting and... closer, but it's the wrong department. So it's not going into the warehouse. Correct. God, you're quick. <laughs> We're never going to make it to 20 episodes of this series, are we? <laughs> Um, is it to do with customers and customer engagement? Yeah. Is it? It is. So it's about understanding customers. So speaking to customers. Do they yeah. speak to customers? Two days a year, every member of staff, when Jeff was still there, and we we're on a first name basis, FYI, um, has to spend two days a, in a call center, essentially speaking to customers, getting first-hand experience from I customers. I wasn't at call centers. But... Are you, are you lying to me? No, I'm not lying to you. Are you making you. up um, these facts? This, no, I'm not making it up. This is what it says on the internet. Call center, customer, customer. from, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Speaking directly to the end. Consumer. Customer feedback. Um, technically, it does say call center on on one of the hyperlinks that <laughs> I may have Googled before. <laughs> but it's being front and center of the customer because 
I think there's loads of interviews where he says, just be obsessed with your customer, don't worry about your competitors. That kind you of ties in with that. You know what's going to happen now? Somebody who works for Amazon in one of their many um, fulfillment centers is going to reach out to us and they're going to clarify this fact and get... Um, I think it'll be Jeff himself. Uh, Jeff. He's twiddling his thumbs well, these days. Jeff did like the last um, podcast to give it a five-star review. His the blue moon, whatever it is, going to space. Virgin Galactic obviously went a bit Pete Tong in it, so that's probably heading the same way. If you became really successful in business... Yeah. What do you mean if? Sorry, when we become successful in business... You when? Do you think we'll become one of those billionaires that wants to go into space no kind of scares me a little bit it's just a weird thing that they all just want to go to space it depends actually because i love flying because the terrible flight food is actually really enjoyable i love it so if you go into space and the food's decent i'm all over that you want hang on you like plane food yeah not ryanair plane food i'm talking when you get like um food on a plane you're on a long-term long journey what's it called long haul flight mm. and you get like microwaved rice with a bit of stew and a free drink <laughs> you'd love prison pal <laughs> you get that stuff every day do you not like prison. it no it's just who do like, you fly with though well I flew at the weekend oh. and I flew with um, Aer Lingus did you get any food no but I did it's still, I, I was sitting in the very very back row bear with us listeners we're on a tangent here <laughs> I flew in the very very back row and it was really hot and I was thinking I'd, I'd quite like a beer I'd like a cold beer so much so that I actually said to, I turned around just after takeoff said do you have any cold beers to the air steward and she says yes we've got a couple a said, couple brilliant drank them dry I, I'll be honest I thought that I was charming enough for her to say there you go have that one no she didn't do that and I was a bit, bit disappointed you. so what she did was knowing that I was really kind of desperate for a cold beer she took the trolley and she went the whole way down to row seat number one and waited until she got to me which was number that 30 by that stage it's incredible it was warm by that stage A it was warm and B the uh, fasten your seatbelt signs were back on again so we had that thing whereby we're about to land and I'm sitting there with a warm beer thinking this is the exact opposite of what I wanted not only that <laughs> packet of crisps how much what kind of crisps? Tato cheese and onion, a Northern Tato. Irish staple. Yeah, they are bad as well. Um, oh, you want to say that and mess with I'd the say Irish. £1.50. £2.50. A beer? £6. or so a packet of crisps. And what, and a beer. Beer, what beer was it? Heineken? It was a Heineken, mm. yeah. £8.50. It's like, no, nah, that's not good. That's a lot of money. That's not good, is it? Trent, tell us a little bit of a tease about the next guest on Business Interrupted. Business Interrupted. Uh, so the tease of the next guest is a very good friend and peer of ours and business kind of, what would you call them? Compatriot? Uh, mentor? Yeah. So uh, we started working with this individual nine months ago. Yeah. And we've grown very close. For some reason, he loves us two and our business. We love him and, and his business. So we've kind of just played it by ear in terms of the relationship but the relationship's very strong he's got a lot to offer in terms of his experience and operational and logistical background and he's an all-round top bloke and what he's been brilliant to doing is coming into our business writing some of our wrongs and banging our heads together you can find us on linkedin at business interrupted you can find us both on instagram at richard arnis and trent you can also find us at Trent and Richard on it. <laughs> <laughs> so many Trent and Richards. I've got social about. media to write tonight. 
do a search you'll find us yeah. but please do um, keep listening to the podcast and hit subscribe so you'll be notified when it's a brand new episode and we'll see you in two weeks on business interrupted ta-da for now bye hit subscribe on your podcast platform to receive every episode first and don't forget to follow us at business interrupted 